startuprad.io. Your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from the German speaking area. Today, you are not only participating in a special publication, you are participating in the launch of a new sub podcast together with a deep ecosystem talking about this. Thomas, I would like to welcome you back again. Thank you very much, Joe. Hi here, Thomas from Deep Ecosystems and the Startup Heatmap. Totally my pleasure to have you here. Thomas, I have to tell you when we keep doing this on a quarterly basis, you're soon going to unthrone Paolo Sironi as our most frequent guest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Paolo. <laughs> Okay, that's that. Said. Um, we are starting now the pulse of the European startup ecosystem. This is the installment Q1 2022. We will also pack in this podcast the two episodes we did before. It will be available on our main podcast and each fitting sub podcast. If you're only interested in a bird's eye view of the European startup ecosystem, that is what you should look for. Pulse of the European startup ecosystem. As we said, it's a cooperation between the deep ecosystem and startup radio on a quarterly basis. Therefore, we once again share data with you. Um, that you, Thomas, put together. You want to talk a little bit about who you guys are, what you're doing for everybody who's not familiar with you? Yes, of course. Thank you. Yes, we are very happy to be part of this um, initiative and we are helping the European startup ecosystem to understand where everyone is going, where the hubs are going. Um, we're looking at data every three months to understand investment growth, job growth, meetup activity, um, opportunities for startups, accelerator activity. And we try to put some numbers to all of these developments and all of these opportunities that we see in Europe. Uh, the idea is simple. Without knowing what um, what is happening, we can't grow the ecosystem. So we really have the mission to help everyone understand what's going on on the ground, um, what are the opportunities, and then this will help you in turn to position your startup in the right trend sectors to understand if you're running an accelerator, um, what is the next big wave of innovation you should get onto. And if you're a policymaker, of course, this helps you to understand how you compare against other cities and countries in the world. Um, so really, it's about understanding what's going on. And we want to share as much data as possible. Deep Ecosystems is an accelerator for ecosystems. So we help ecosystems grow. And the startup heat map um, is a platform where you can find all our data publicly available to browse and to learn which are the hottest startup hubs in Europe, what are the best places to, to grow a startup and uh, more. And from my background, I would also say potential users are investment banks and um, consultancies that are always looking for 
uh, interesting new startup or on behalf of the client where to start, for example, a new office. Um, we should also hint that you guys are going to have an event pretty soon from this publication day on. It's the 23rd and 24th of June, my understanding, right? That's absolutely correct. Um, we are in Stuttgart, in Ludwigsburg, which is close to Stuttgart. And there we will have a great event for everyone interested in building ecosystems. We will have great speakers from uh, Robert Bosch um, company, from Multiple Capital, a niche um, geography, a niche vertical investor. Um, we have great people from all different um, places in the world. We have Joe with us. So if you want to be featured in the startup radio, definitely you can snack uh, uh, <laughs> an interview there. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a great event. And if you want to, come to deepecosystems.com and get your ticket. Awesome. Hitting the the report you call Startup City Signals right now. It's uh, Q1 mm -hmm. 2022. It's, of course, very interesting. And there is, again, a lot we could talk about. But I'm sure we both decide that this is uh that we want to keep it short for everybody who's watching this on YouTube. You can see the data for everybody who's not able to see it because it's an audio podcast or you listen to us on one of our own or syndication radio station. Go to medium.com forward slash startup rate minus IO and there you'll find the blog post related to this publication. And there's also an additional um, report you get exclusively just for our audience. And that is what we're going through now. What I found interesting is the headlines. Startups in Europe raises 28.2 billion US dollars in just one quarter, quarter one, 2022. It's the second highest quarterly uh, volume on record. Um, I was wondering, is this a leading indicator, so it's going to be awesome, or a lagging indicator. Well, we we already had a lot of stuff, and now just the next step. Yes, uh, that's actually really a crazy number. If you think about it, uh, we're coming out of a pandemic. We are really in a, a difficult situation when you look at the stock market as well. We have a war uh, wagering in, uh, in in Europe, and uh, still the um, the investments have gone up. Uh, in Q1 2022, record uh, quarter. That's pretty um, solid. Huh? And if you look at the um, if you look at the the timeline, you see that the last quarters have been the strongest. Right throughout the pandemic, we have seen a lot of investments in startups, and I think that's um, that's showing that the startup ecosystem has a solid base in Europe. It's not um, the small brother anymore of uh, let's say the US uh, ecosystem but it really has a good positioning now and there is um, recurring um, success cases and we see of of course also very big rounds happening that drive up the number to the billions and here 28.2 billion that that is really a lot um, so we do see that there is really a solid um, solid increase um, compared to the previous years um, nevertheless your question is very valid um, saying, does that mean that it will stay like this forever? Um, and that's a big question mark because, of course, we see a lot of mega rounds now into startups that are also driven by recent uh, developments. So you see a lot of investments in um, delivery startups and e-commerce, etc., because of the 
um, dramatic changes of how we live and how our consumer behavior changed throughout the pandemic. The question is, will these startups actually succeed in the long run or were these bets that were taken into these by the investors um, uh, delusional and basically will break down in, in a few uh, months? And that could mean that um, some of the investors that gave these mega rounds its volume, they decide no, I'm not investing anymore in uh, in this kind of um, levels and volumes. And then we will see that um, the, the numbers will go down again. So it might be actually the opposite, uh, as we expected. While many were thinking in the pandemic investments will slow down, actually it drove it up. And um, it is, remains to be seen whether that will stay on that high level. Um, I would say to understand how healthy our ecosystem is, we need to look at a lot of other indicators. For example, the activity on the ground, the meetup activity, um, the opportunities for startups, the early stage investments, right? There's a lot of elements that we need to look at to understand if we actually um, have a healthy, um, a healthy development of our ecosystem or if it's just the mega rounds that, that um, boost up the numbers and uh, we all say, yay, it's great. But indeed, um, this is maybe just a hype um, that passes. It comes down to yay or nay. Um, before we get into the other signals, if this is a healthy development, I also put in a Crunchbase article just published about a week ago at the time of recording this on May 11th. 2022 funding to EU startups slows sharply after brisk start in 2022. And they are talking about March and April declining after January and February has been good. This is a little bit different because you guys have, um, a different database and you guys have a different time frame. So see, uh, um, The article talks mm -hmm. about uh, Crunchbase. The article talks about um, everything until April, and we are only talking about March here. But did you see a, a similar development? You do you think we just mm -hmm. ahead of a cliff? So yeah, the article you shared uh, by Crunchbase was looking at specifically at the large numbers, uh, the large rounds that uh, we just mentioned. Um, basically, they found that in the last two months. In Europe, we saw fewer rounds above 100 million than we had seen in the, um, in the beginning of the year. That is very interesting, um, because uh, normally Q2 is one of the strong, um, months, uh, the quarters. So normally you would expect an increase quarter over quarter. Um, there's a lot of seasonality in investments, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you see that, um, normally the beginning of the year is a little bit weaker, then Q2 gets a bit stronger, summer is weaker. And then Q3 and Q4 are actually quite strong normally. Um, and uh, Q2 is normally one where we expect very large rounds to come in. And the opposite seems to be true if we look at the very recent numbers now. Um, there is a few different explanations um, at play. Some say, okay, just because um, there is like um, the, the war going on in Ukraine, you might um, postpone the publication and announcement of large rounds because it might not fit um, the news cycle at the moment and it doesn't feel like a celebration um, time and you, you don't want to come off as, a, as someone that doesn't care um, about uh, what's going on in the world. So it might be just like the announcement dates that are being moved. 
Um, that remains to be seen uh, after Q2 finishes and maybe we see um, more announcement in, in, in Q3 and it catches up again. But in principle, it's, a, it's an interesting sign. And specifically speaking to the fact that I mentioned before that the pandemic drove up large rounds um, and maybe now also a bit of the dry powder is used up and um, and maybe we see a normalization of the um, of the of the activity again. Um, in principle, that doesn't mean though that in terms of volumes um, we have to expect um, a, a decline. Um, I think that we are still on a, a on a growth path. Um, also here, the article of Crunchbase mentions that um, uh, we we saw an increase um, in Q1. They have a bit of a different way of um, of counting. Um, to be honest, I'm not such a big fan of how they did that because they include post-IPO data. And I would say at some point we need to stop to call something a startup. And uh, especially once it is on the stock market and IPO'd, I would not count that kind of um, capital uh, investment in a, as a startup investment anymore. So I would cut um, at latest at the IPO stage. But in this analysis, they did um, they did this a bit differently, and of course, that is then showing also more the overall uh, stock market trends, which are difficult um, in this um, in this period. So, of course, there was like not as much of increase if you take in the the stock market development. Mm -hmm. I really like your interactive graphics here because uh, the sum of investments per quarter, you can see all of Europe, but you can also uh, look at Barcelona, London, Paris, Berlin, Amsterdam, and Stockholm uh, separately. I find this very awesome. We do have a, a few big rounds. We, we're not going to go into them. Um, as as I said in the beginning, before we start the recording, there is um, a little bit missing because you also had your uh, decision points how you how you included this data. For example, uh, volocopter and hydrogen uh, from Frankfurt Rhine Mine area um, they are not in there, even though they raised one two hundred million euros and 150 million US dollars, I believe, for volocopter. I'm not sure about the currency respectively they're not included because you do have a little bit of a different frame of reference there right yes in the top rounds we were looking now only at the rounds up to 100 million um which uh, was just a decision to how to list this um because at some point you need to make a cut um and you don't want to show always the same startups though i must say hydrogen um from uh, north hessen is one of the surprising uh, players here with 200 million out of nothing. So congratulations to them. Uh, definitely worth uh, a mention on the side. We will have an interview coming up with them sometime in late uh, summer or fall, the publication. Um, actually, I would also suggest there is a startup rate.io indicator, which may not function as properly as I wish, because uh, obviously I'm getting more popular, I'm getting more requests. But if you would... Um, ask me for an interview right now, admittedly, I only accept 2% of the people requesting an interview, uh, you would need to, to think about publication in October, um, if you don't have a fixed spot like you guys. And therefore, I do believe um, that is also a very good indicator that there's still a lot going on in the startup ecosystem. For me, especially the uh, German-speaking area, GSA or DACH region, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and Liechtenstein. 
Okay, I'm talking about the startups here, the vertical development, um, performance number of deals. And on, uh, on one side, you have deals since 2019. And on the right, uh, on the lower, um, axis, you have deals of the last six months. So this is the, mm-hmm. the vertical axis deals since 2019. And I found, um, the hot sectors are, of course, fintech, deep tech, health, AI and data that, that is basically the stable growth uh, sector. The upcoming growth sector has nothing in there, the slowing growth sector as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering what is like, <clears throat> pardon my language, the hottest shit here, because I've seen consumer apps, they've been a little bit declining. Uh, um, and oh, what is that mm-hmm. here? Um, that one is not working like I wanted to. Oh, clean tech, for example. There are some that are very much in focus of media, of media attention right now. Yes. And that may or may not give them a push there. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's quite interesting to see that we have a lot of stability in um, in the verticals. Uh, so th- that's always surprising when you look at the data and you compare it to, let's say, the, the media attention. Huh? So, for example, fintech um, is out here as one of the um, most stable growth sectors. It's in absolute numbers the second biggest um, next to deep tech, which we must uh, admit deep tech is much broader, right? Um, but it's also surprising now huh, that you see deep tech as a category being the biggest sector in uh, in, in Europe. Um, so fintech being both the lar- second largest and then the largest growth sector, which means that in the last six months, it had over even more than it had before, right? Proportionally. Um, that means we see even a growth in fintech that we don't see in other sectors. Um, by the magnitude that you can see here on the um, on the on the chart, you have many more deals coming into fintech than you have, for example, in clean tech. Um, so that's just the reality how it is, and it's growing the fastest. The upcoming growth sectors uh, box is empty because there is not like a shooting star that suddenly uh, went through the roof in the last six months and had many more deals. Um, so you see that clean tech is moving in this direction, but it's really not to the magnitude that you'd say there was like a complete change of heart uh, with investors and they they doubled or um, tripled their investments in this space. It just didn't happen like that. Um, so there is an increase, but it's not as dramatic as, as, as we maybe want it. Um, uh, so definitely a growth sector, yes. Um, it's a bit mean that we call it laggards down here. If you compare it to fintech, definitely a laggard. It's not comparable at all to the, the, the magnitude of investments uh, in fintech and even at the deal number, not only the mega rounds, it's not the volumes. This is about the individual deals that we see. Um, it's lagging. And um, that's, of course, not where we want it to be, right? If we see and um, the, all the um, vision for Europe becoming a leader in, in sustainability and climate tech, it's not where we want it to be. Uh, more encouraging is the deep tech space. Well, that definitely is something where you see an edge. And I would also be quite confident in international comparison to other continents, Europe would have like a unique selling proposition here. Uh, deep tech is definitely a very strong sector in, in, in our continent. Mm-hmm. Um, also very encouraging are the jobs numbers because, um, job growth are startup, cr- mm-hmm. 
creating jobs and I've seen for um, more than 50,000 additional jobs. I think it's almost like 60,000 in first quarter, more than 20,000 in January 22, 12,000, almost 13,000 in February 22, and almost, yeah, a little bit over 24, let's say 25,000 in March 22, which is just amazing. You show plus 90% job growth there. If I would be a politician, I would totally jump on this opportunity. Have you any background on this development? Was it something like they now got the big funding and now they generate the jobs? They need the people to get their work done? Yes, I think that is definitely true. You see that also the sectors that hire the most are fintech, health and biotech. Um, so uh, and then uh, logistics, which is, of course, including all of the delivery startups. Huh? So mm -hmm. you see that they also create a lot of jobs. Um, and um, yeah, so definitely you, you will have that, um, uh, that develop after development after big rounds. You will see also uh, hiring because it is necessarily so that in many of the deals, uh, the startups that we see, personal is one of the big cost factors. So the investments would give you a budget to hire, mm -hmm. and then you will have these job openings following suit. Definitely, it's the case. One interesting observation, by the way, is that sometimes uh, we see the connection between the geography of the investment with the geography of the job creation not align very well. So, for example, London is the biggest in job uh, in investment growth, but in job creation, it's actually not the biggest. So you see other cities that are um, outperforming London in, in job growth. And I think that's that's a sign that London is really the place where you raise funding, but where your startup headquarters is and where your people are hired, um, that's a totally different story. Mm -hmm. uh, I also had in mind the job, the remote working, uh, vert um, completely remote jobs. They're totally okay since the outbreak of the pandemic. Thomas, I have to tell you another thing. If you agree with everything I say, this is going to be very boring recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and uh, uh, then we do have a little bit the meet uh, meet up activity. You kind of see it as a leading indicator for startup activity in the respective places, but it currently looks like it's all going down a little bit. Is the, is this normal for the first quarter for the beginning of the year, or is it just an effect we see here? Uh, maybe still due to Corona. Yeah, definitely. That's one of these effects um, we saw again, which was um, interesting during the pandemic uh, participation and meetups actually increased. Um, and that was interesting because uh, no one was expecting that. Basically, people were saying the meetup scene will suffer a lot and the possibility for founders to meet and exchange will decrease. Um, but what happened is that actually the uh, meetups went online and people from also other places were able to join these meetups. Um, and that gave a boost to participation overall in meetups. Uh, people were bored at home and what they did was joining meetups. Um, and they did so especially in the big hubs. So they went to London online. Uh, they joined a meetup in Berlin online. Um, they went, for example, to Stockholm, which was one of the places that went really through the roof um, during the pandemic in terms of meetup participation. They attracted a lot of international uh, visitors. And I think now after the pandemic ended, 
uh, we see a bit of a normalization of that trend. Um, we see that meetups are happening in person again. And of course, that um, limits a bit the number of participants um, in the uh, in the meetups because they are not so international anymore. And we're going down in, in participation level. Mm -hmm. Sounds pretty good. One more question for you, because we're getting at the end opportunities. How active is the European startup scene? That is... Um, an aggregation of different um, things like accelerators, um, access to corporates and so on and so forth. Um, I have seen it once again, exactly at the level of Q1 2021. When do you think we are going to be back at levels of uh, 2019 pre-corona? Mm -hmm. um, so, Opportunities are um, driven main. So these are calls for accelerators. These are calls for funding, prices, etc. And um, it, it's basically that, a message that goes: Are there any awesome startups that do this and that? Exactly. So mm -hmm. someone puts some funding up and the prize money and says, "I want to uh, meet the best startup in AI or in." agri-tech or whatever, and you can apply, right? So it uh, might be an accelerator program, might be just funding, um, might be just a call for joining a conference, etc. And we're tracking this and we're showing these opportunities on the Startup Heatmap platform for founders to, um, to apply to. And basically here you see each quarter, it's around uh, 100, 120 when it's a big one. And then you saw like um, a bit of a, a slowdown in Q3 and Q4 2021. Um, Q1 again at a 100. Um, I think that um, uh, this has to do also with the attention to the early stage um, that um, that has declined. A lot of actors are moving later stage corporates and also um, uh, public entities on the European level. They they say they want to move to the later stage and only work with startups that already are on the market, already have a product, etc. And we see a bit of a um, uh, yeah, uh, less attention on uh, early stage startups. And so that's why levels are where they are. And um, yeah, I, I would wish personally that there would be even more opportunities because 100 opportunities per quarter, um, that's uh, for Europe, that's not enough in my opinion. Exactly. And there's also a link in the document um, where all the people who have calls for applications for solutions from startup can actually add in their opportunities. Exactly. Thomas? It was a pleasure talking to you again. Looking forward to have you back at the next in the next quarter. Everybody who'd like to reach out that we look at different data, different hubs, something like that, reach out to me, Joe at startuprate.io, and we will answer your question. Uh, by the way, it would be great if you do it before the next recording so we can accommodate that. Uh, just looking at the calendar, we are right now in May. So let's say two, two and a half months after the end of the quarter. So that means we will be back sometime in September, late September, early October uh, for the next recording. Fantastic. Looking forward to that. And I hope everyone learned a bit. And if there's questions, let us know. Awesome. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you as well. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.